Hello everyone and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, I want to tell you guys, Israel has officially declared war on Hamas. This is pretty big news for Israel. There was an unprecedented attack. I'm just going to read it to you guys really quick here. Before I get into it too far, go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast. Wherever you may be listening to podcasts, it helps to get out there. So, without out of the way, let's go ahead and jump right into this. So, Israel has formally declared war on Hamas. This is a pretty big ordeal. So, I wanted to look into why Israel declared war on Hamas, like what or whatnot. Like, where did this whole conflict come from? Because obviously, it didn't just happen overnight. So, I was looking into this for you guys to understand both from a, a somewhat historical perspective and from a biblical perspective. So, from what I've gathered, and this is the reason I'm jumping on this a little bit later in the day, is because yesterday when I was I was actually traveling, I was in Washington State visiting family. I flew out of Portland, Oregon, and <clears throat> I heard about Israel declaring war when it was 4:30 in the morning, my time. So I didn't. I was beyond exhausted with three hours of sleep, and so I didn't have a lot of time to look into anything. Plus, when you're going through TSA and trying to get on the plane and get everywhere, you just don't have any time in your hands. So what I've, for what I've gathered, an unexpected, um, unexpected attack from Hamas on Israel has left over 200 people dead so far. More updates are to come. That's what I'm going to do for you guys. So why is there no peace in the Middle East? That's a big question that has always been raised to me and many others who think like me, maybe you as well. And the reason is, very simply put, one side wants the other side dead. <clears throat> Hamas, or the Palestinians, want the Jews dead dead they have gone in and made it more than clear the leader of hamas the government of hamas has made it very abundantly clear they want the jews dead no jew left alive they want them all slaughtered now here's here's what i'm looking at so when we look at israel israel's perspective here israel wants to exist as a jewish state and to live in peace that's what israel ultimately wants Israel also recognizes the right of the Palestinian state to exist and live in peace. So Israel wants to have a Palestinian state and a Jewish state both existing at the same time and both living in peace with each other. And with that, I don't, I don't blame them. I think that's a wonderful idea. I mean, you're not going to agree theologically all the time, not at all, but at least you can live in peace with each other, coexist. Now... Here's the biggest problem of, of the whole nature of Ju Israel wanting to exist as a Jewish state and a two-state solution. Most Palestinians and many other Muslims and Arabs do not recognize the right of the Jewish state of Israel to exist. Now, they've had this issue because originally in 1947, the Palestinians began having major issues with Israel, with the Jews, and just attacking left, right, and center. In fact, 1947 was when the British had control over Israel. And so they sent a group in to try to figure out what was going on. And they it was just issues over it. They There was not a simple way of looking except for the Palestinians. Again, just one of the Jews dead. In 1948, the British released the land back to the Jews and to the Palestinians for a two-state solution. Now, originally the two-state solution in 1948, the Jews always agreed. In fact, every solution that has come forward for Israel to sacrifice land in the name of peace, Israel has always been willing to sacrifice it in the name of peace every single time. Now, the problem has always been the Palestinians. The Palestinians always reject every single peace attempt, including getting land, what they want, 
the whole nine yards. They want all of Israel to be theirs. Now, the Palestinians will say that the land belongs to them and they want it all. But then that begs the question, well, is that true? Is it true that the land truly belongs to the Palestinians? They claim that Allah, their God, has bestowed the, or bequeathed this land to them. But then I have to ask the question, okay, how do you know? Like, let's let's take a look in the history books then, because that's where all this seems to be going into. So I went into where all this began. I went to the Bible. More importantly, to the book of Genesis, chapter 16. This is where it all begins. It starts with four characters here. You have Hagar, Ishmael, Abraham, and his wife Sarah. And then you have Isaac then later on, right? So these are the characters, these are the suspects that we have to look at. Now, Abraham was originally called Abram, and he was called with his wife, or at the time was named Sarai, not Sarah. God called him on the land of Ur and said, you're going to go and I'm going to take you guys and lead you to the land flowing with milk and honey, to a promised land. And I'm going to really summarize this up to the best of my ability to get to the main point, and I hopefully don't butcher it too badly. So... Abraham decides to pick up him, his wife and his family and move out to the promised land in a long series of events. They end up in Egypt. Over there, the pharaoh likes them, thinks he's a great guy, and ultimately gives him lots of wealth. Right, And this is about slaves, um, uh, cattle, livestock, gold, silver, everything you can imagine. He was a very wealthy guy coming out of it. Well, here's a big problem. I'm going to call him Abraham and Sarah at this point. Abraham and Sarah aren't young. There are no spring chickens, not whatsoever. There, if I were to equate them to nowadays, it'd probably be like saying they're 80 years old. They're really not young at all. Their libido died 40 years ago, and so Abraham's trying to figure out. You know, he does. He doesn't have an heir to his name, right? No, you know, baby has been born yet, and he's still up really high up there in years. So he's trying to figure out how the heck God's going to be able to perform to, to get him an heir when he's just too darn old to have a kid. And Sarah, woo, again, when you're 80, you're way past your prime. I don't even think you have eggs in your ovaries left. So what happens is God shows up and says, um, and tells him that he's going to have a baby. Actually, let me back this up really quick before I jump to that one. So Abraham goes to his wife, Sarah, and says, here's the problem, what's going on? So Sarah, in her infinite wisdom, says, I have an idea. Why don't you marry my slave, Hagar? You know, you could marry her, and she's young and a good spring chicken, and she can produce an heir for you. So Abraham takes the advice of his wife. Not a great idea, but there you go. And <clears throat> marries Hagar and consummates their marriage. <clears throat> Excuse me. So a little while later, uh, Ishmael comes around because that's what happens. Ishmael then is starts living his life, getting older and whatnot, and some time passes. And Sarah is not very nice to uh, Hagar because she's jealous. A long story short, she uh, kicks Hag uh, Hagar out with Ishmael. They both return. And then along comes the time where Lord shows up. And this is where he's going to talk. Um, he's heading his way over to Sodom and Gomorrah to judge the city of sin. And that's a long story for another podcast. So, in essence, when he sits down and talks to God, he says, you know, why don't you give 
Ishmael, the promised land. Ishmael is pretty much getting up to adulthood. I would throw him, you know, in my perspective here, it'd be about like saying someone's like 17 years old, they're about to hit 18 years old. They're like right at the right age of adulthood. I mean, just let's give him the promised land and we'll go from there. Now, God tells Abraham this. Look, I know what you're trying to do, but it's not going to work. Because my covenant was not from Abraham and Hagar. It was between Abraham and Sarah and your offspring. So, I'm not going to give Ishmael the promised land. But I will go ahead and take care of, um, of Ishmael. And I will give him his own kingdom which you see Saudi Arabia and the Muslim world, right? And the Arab world, that is them. That is Ishmael. He says, so I'll give him that. However, in a year from now, you're going to, your wife, Sarah, is going to give birth to a son and you're going to call him Isaac. And Sarah, of course, laughs about this and, and is told, no, it's going to really happen. And a year later, out pops um, Isaac. And so God says, my promise is going to be between Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac. And all of Isaac's descendants are going to come. And that's where we have the Jewish nation. All those descendants. So you have the Palestinians who will come into Israel and say that Abraham is our father. Yeah, I would agree 100%. That's exactly what the book of Genesis uh, chapter 16 teaches. As I would encourage you to read chapter 16 even into chapter 17. Uh, about pertaining to this issue. So I agree with that notion, totally. But again, the covenant that God makes, makes it very clear that the Palestinians have no right to the promised land, to the land of Israel. That is to the land of, of Isaac. That is to Abraham, Isaac, and all of his descendants. So if you're not related that way, then no, the land does not belong to you. And so right now we have one side, once the other side, dead. So I know it's, I tried to simplify it to the best of my ability and tell you the story of, um, of the book of Genesis and where this all comes from. I hope it answered some of the questions. Um, I do ask for a lot of prayers right now for Israel, for our troops, for the Israeli troops and the civilians. I ask uh, for prayers for the civilians who have been taken hostage by Hamas and are probably being tortured or beaten or something worse than, worse than I can imagine right now taking place with them. So I'm asking for prayers on those things. And uh, for wisdom and guidance. And I'm going to ask for prayers as well for this podcast. That I can keep everything going. And that um, I continue bringing the word of God. And even what's going on in Israel right now. And along with other questions, uh, questions, comments, uh, problems, or snarks. All of those are welcome here. So, if you haven't done this already. I want you to go ahead and like and subscribe to this podcast. Or wherever you may be listening to podcasts. Go ahead and share it with your family, friends, even people who probably hate you. Or you're not really a big fan of them. Or people who are just weirdos like me. Go ahead and do that for me. So, until next time. We meet again. May God richly bless y'all. My dearly beloved.